You need Podcast number 123. We're recording in the upstairs studio today. <laughs> if you can call it that. Also known as our bedroom. <laughs> Absolutely. A little delayed on that because um, I'm trying to launch it from the tablet. What kind of tablet? Have you talked about the tablet? Yeah, we talked about it briefly. Oh, yeah. I think I was really tired. And you're like, what do you think of it? And I was like, that's great. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you said it's it's okay, but a little laggy, I think. I don't want to uh, I don't wanna, um, misquote you, but something like that. Yeah, but we got it because my dad is working on an app, and he's doing it for Android, so we can load the file on there and check it out and what else well it's uh yeah i mean it's a relatively cool tablet it's not it doesn't like um you know uh my brother uh jim he just got a ipad mini and that is a higher end machine no question it's eight inch uh uh size uh range rather than seven inch like this but yeah, the Galaxy Tab 3 or whatever this thing is, like, it's a solid performer for, you know, for doing your web browsing, reading Kindle books, and, uh, like, I like I, I read Pocket stories on it, I watch YouTube on it, uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of tablets, and maybe it's more of a consumption device, but I've been trying to write with it a little, you know, mm. it has a, an app called Draft, and, uh, it's certainly been mentioned by me on the show before there's a there's a similarly named app for ios called drafts and this is an unrelated app but on the other hand you can use it to write and then have it sync with dropbox it actually syncs with dropbox in a way that's more similar <laughs> more more uh more similar to um byword for ios or nebulous notes Mm, rather than the way that drafts send stuff like it syncs stuff like those so you have uh, you know a directory in dropbox that it will read the files from uh it'll list them and then you can edit them or, or create new ones so uh i uh, I like using that uh, for, you know, for writing. And then, you know, as long as it syncs, you know, when you're done using it, which is supposed to do, then it'll uh, it'll upload your, your uh, you know, your text to Dropbox automatically, put it in that folder. Uh, so, I mean, that is pretty cool. And I've, I've used this swipe keyboard. That's cool. I've heard people really like that. 
Well, yeah, some people like it and some people don't, but I, I find that I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I want to try, um, yeah, I want to try using it because I, uh, um, you know, I'm just open to experimenting. Like I'm used to the iOS style of typing, but on this tablet, I mean, you know, I'm willing to try a different, you know, kind of thing. Like with the Android, it is easy to swap out your keyboard. Um, you know, is it is it moving that way in iOS? Like traditionally, you know, there's all these things you couldn't do. I mean, they even rejected podcatchers and browsers at first, you know. So now there's a lot more they allow, Apple allows people to do with, with iOS. But it's still limited. But I'm not sure if they allow third-party keyboards yet. Do they? Um, I don't know. But I think that's a, a really big market because the Apple one is super annoying. You know, you have to click so many times to get to things. And I actually am surprised by how they they haven't thought about that more in terms of people using numbers and people using symbols and, you know, not having the, the hashtag right on the front screen. I mean, especially for, for mobile, you know? It's a mobile device. I mean, what are people doing on there? I'm sure, like, a bunch of them are on Twitter doing stuff or Instagram doing hashtags. And you can hashtag on Facebook now. I guess just make it a little bit more socially, you know, um, what, aligned or... Yeah, I see what you're saying. You can't just have the same keyboard that was for a phone in 2007. I know there's been, there was like a little bit of a color palette change in, in iOS 7, and there might have been some tweaks, but it's still basically the same keyboard on iOS, right? Like, yeah. Even on iPad. So, yeah, this is the draft app, you know? So, I mean, it's, it, it isn't a, it's got this two column kind of design, which is okay. Um, I think the, the developer of Draft is the same person that made Epistle, which is like an older Android text app that I think I've mentioned before, but a while ago. Um, so it just makes me laugh when they look up like, how can I like? They might as well call. They probably use the word edifice a lot as well. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not. I don't think Android branding is as clever typically as iOS branding on average, and also it's all over the place. Of course, um, here. You can try typing with that swipe keyboard. Like if you if you trace your finger um, from one letter to another w within a word, it'll kind of follow you. It'll like the um, you know the keyboard kind of creates a a trace uh, uh, of your movements, right? So for a while, as you drag your finger across the keyboard, I'm trying to spell chaos. Yeah, it, it, it tries. It, it does a lot of guessing. Real world word. That, that's that's the thing. You can put that in your dictionary if it's a word that that isn't you know hey. in their default. Can do my name. Okay, so one of the things you can do is you can have your your uh, at least I tried to. I haven't really checked on it, but it says you can sync your uh, dictionary your your customization for the swipe keyboard to Dropbox. So then, if you use swipe on a different uh, device. You know, you can do, you can do, um, you know, like you can be up to date with your, with your dictionary. Um, so if it, it'll learn to guess maybe more the way you guess, it might, it might kind of learn, you know, it's, uh, and there's some competitors too, but this is the one that I, I remember hearing about and I had, uh, I just, I just wanted to try cause I tried one of their competitors previously. Well, I, I typed in my name and, uh. The suggestions up, that came up after Jessica were Alba or Simpson. <laughs> so I read in good company of beautiful ladies. You certainly do. 
You you certainly belong in that company. This this was comes up for Dan. Fan, San, Dab, SSN. Fan, Dab, Sob. That's crazy. I like this. I mean, let me see if I was really trying to write something though. Like, yeah. I tried to do hello, how are you, and I got hemlock. How are you? Yeah, it it, it might kind of uh, overguess. It might be a little too overzealous in uh, in trying to predict stuff and trying to make what you're saying into, you know, something that it's guessing. The second sentence does this really work? Seem to work. Um, double letters, you know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and I don't know what the tips and tricks are to it, like if there's a certain technique to using it, because we're, we're just, like like me, I think you're just trying it intuitively, right? But I think it's meant to be intuitive. You know, that's the idea, is that you can, you know, it's possible. I, remember, I heard on, uh, on on his podcast, XL Tech Podcast, John Syracuse said recently, you know, that he doesn't, he doesn't, he today, hardcore coders and people like that will use keyboards, they want physical keyboards, especially for desktop computers and stuff, but he doesn't rule it out that someday a touchscreen keyboard can be more efficient than just typing on glass and maybe even outstrip the efficiency of the old keyboards, which really are, after all, just analogs for, for, for firing pins to hit it paper from old typewriters, right? I mean, it, it's like, why couldn't technology evolve? And I wonder to myself, I wonder how many of these Android uh, keyboards he's tried because I know these aren't these aren't quite where they need to be. But something like this could be the future of typing. Like, you know, you don't have to use the old conventions anymore. And they might even use a different keyboard layout eventually. I wonder if they're ever going to change that. Well, until they do, um, I don't know if this is a trend, but I definitely want to start this trend. Um, I'm going to call it, what is this called again? Touch? Swipe keyboard? I'm going to call it swipe poetry. <laughs> so I just randomly swiped on the keyboard. Okay. And this is what I got. Icky blurb, fast track Sherry Smith, scrutiny, secret, sketching. Uh-huh. <laughs> you should make one. You make one. Just randomly. You have to do like a couple and then space because otherwise I just, I did it continuously and it looked at me like that's not a word. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Civic Knight Gehrig of End That Click Fluttered Block. Okay. 
So that's a song by the Hawk in Paris. And I was gonna um, introduce it in that middle area there, but uh, uh, the album is called Freaks. The song is called Wake Me Up. I saw on uh, uh, Digital Trends a link to an article on uh, somebody's blog. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, the, the blog is contractorwolf.wordpress.com. So uh, the person right in there uh, has this uh, post that they made about Raspberry Pi point and shoot camera. So Raspberry Pi is this simple Linux uh, computer. Well, I mean, I think it's sort of supposed to be, able, you know, able to run Linux anyway. Uh, it's a it's a small ARM based computer that's supposed to be sort of a either a basic affordable computer or a teaching computer or something like that. And uh, it, it's gotten some, you know, some popularity in the geek community. But well, this is an article. Uh, that talks about a way to hook up a simple camera uh, sensor, kind of like a basic camera body. Uh, now, uh, there's like a, he talks about the, the, um, uh, the parts needed is a camera board that's $25. The Raspberry Pi is $35. And then there's some cables and various things, $10, $10, $3. And, you know, uh, it's it's like one of those things that is going to look really basic and simplistic, but it's going to, uh, you know, I guess, uh, be able to take digital images. And, you know, it could be built by someone who are so inclined. That is really neat. Yeah, you know, uh, if you want to see a link to it, I'll put a link in the show notes at pacificpelican.us slash 64. And uh, the, the reason I mentioned Digital Trends is that's where I found it, so I was giving him a shout-out. And it was an article written by Les. Oh, cool. So he, uh, he's, he's been, uh, I guess, writing some stuff along with, like, I think originally he was he was editing or recruiting people for it. Yeah. He's always been interested in photography and cameras. That's true. He's been involved with, like, these, you know, camera companies and stuff, too. Yeah. All right, so there's this, um, there's a gift, uh, uh, it's not cheap, but uh, available on ThinkGeek, the uh, website. It's, uh bouquet of plush kittens mm, that's adorable say it with kittens yeah uh i guess they're i think they have it with uh somebody modeling them so it gives you an idea about the size of the bouquet <laughs> i hope i get that cool well there you go uh i uh i just think that if anybody is looking for a valentine's day type gift that might be something that 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 people that love cats might want to receive uh of course there's you know there's a lot of cat stuff on the internet um and uh you know the uh 
the uh, computers uh, connecting to the internet. Um, there's a few of them out there still that are Sony Vios. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Sony Vio is uh, as a division is being uh, shuttered by Sony. Wow. I'm not sure if they're going to try to sell all it off or parts of it or whatever, but they're ba- they're shutting down. They're they're getting out of the computer business, at least with the Vio line. I remember like in 2001 I had a Vio desktop. It was really cool. And then uh when I moved out of San Francisco, I got a I got that Toshiba laptop, that big like laptop, but oh, it like was like pressure lap. Yeah, but but I fortunately I learned around then that it wasn't a good idea to put, you know, to actually have a laptop on your lap. A lot of guys do that still and on planes and stuff. Don't do that. That is not a good move, especially for dudes. <laughs> So I have a video that I found on the internet. I'm, I'm going to play it. It has a soundtrack, so okay. people listening can appreciate it too, but you, you can watch it. Okay. Baby, I'm telling you, things are going to be different. I work at Applebee's now. Life is changing. But I can't, I can't move forward without you. Applebee's. <laughs> Don 47. I've been there for like three weeks, and they say I'm doing great. They say they want to keep me on. I've been getting extra hours. And I've done it for you, baby. I work at Applebee's for you. Because I want to take care of you. Yo, fuck TGA Fridays. <laughs> no, fuck you. I'm sorry, I love you. I love you. I just say those things because I'm, I'm angry and I'm upset, and most of all, I'm scared. I know. I know you're scared too. But we can do this, we can make it work. <laughs> Applebee's is changing me. That's it. And he cuddles with a cat. <laughs> I mean, really, the video is just him on the phone, and then he goes, goes over to Talking his cat. about Applebee's. I mean, I just, I, I like that video. So. Go sit under a tree. <laughs> An apple tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I. I'm trying to figure out what uh, I'm gonna try to launch it in YouTube. So, um, all right. So, I'm gonna try to launch it in YouTube so I can actually tell you what user it is. Uh, you know. Fuck TGF Fridays. Yeah, I don't know how that comes up. Like she likes it better, or she works there, or something. I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's it's it's. You can only guess at the details of the story. Um, yeah. The thing is, the person has uh, a uh, YouTube account. This is from, I think, a couple years. <laughs> you shouldn't have given me the soundboard. No, I'm that's fair crazy. enough. That's a fair enough uh, sound right there. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I think, it's from a 
I don't know. It's from a little while ago, and I don't think they've posted too much recently. But the account is called Gargantuan13. And uh, so if you want to check out uh, that that video, that account. And there'll be, there'll be a link at the show notes uh, for, uh, you know, just look for Podcast 123 at slash 64 and if you want to uh check out uh the photo blog that jessica was uh was looking at and jessica had uh some uh uh nice things to say about the photo blog today right yeah i spent an hour looking at it it's awesome so that 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 blog is at pacificpelican.us slash photos and uh, if uh, you want to check out Jessica's site, go to jessica.sf3am.com and uh, also check out the Ohm Girl Yoga, uh, girl, G-U-R-L, um, all one word. Uh, the, that's a, a Twitter account. Check out that uh, Twitter account. The music that you're hearing in the background is from Phony Orphans, the Sun Session. Now, this is one of those Iboga Records trance artists, and uh, you know. Uh, I, I just I like a number of uh, artists on that label. Uh, you know, uh, look, I was just saying to Jessica, they I guess they do um, something more in the what 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 sort of conventional uh, trance uh, these days, uh, or maybe psy trance, where it's not the the more uh, uh, like trendy electro trance that you hear from. Uh, other artists like uh you know like feed me and uh that 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 one we were just listening to that other artist that we just had on and you know well um it's actually uh resonate the song is called pump it maybe i'll play that one on the next uh break yeah some net neutrality was like According to an article in Ars Technica, it was half struck down. Hmm. You know, uh, you know, net neutrality is one of those things that kind of goes into the area of telecom regulation, which is, uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 a rather arcane field. Uh, yeah. But we're talking about treating different types of internet traffic the same. Uh, if if someone's requesting it so if someone is looking to visit uh, the website for this show at pacificpelican.us slash 64 you know they're going to go to a uh, a site that's hosted on uh, shared hosting at the moment anyway it's a small website in terms of traffic so if people want to get to it What's nice about the web is that people can get to it more or less as easily as they can get to Google or Yahoo. Now, right. do 
Google and Yahoo, the companies that big, have their own CDNs and their own massive, redundant servers. Yeah, so it's not really that even. But at the very least, you know, there's a kind of equal access. And now part of that protection has been shut down by the courts. So basically, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's from the... What they struck down is something from the Open Internet Order, which, uh, according to Ars Technica, quote, forbids ISPs from blocking services or charging content providers for access to the network, unquote, because Verizon had challenged it. And so, you know, it's the kind of thing that if it really is allowed to stand, and there's other aspects of it, um, they say, uh, quote, the court left part of the Open Internet Order intact, however, saying, that the FCC still has general authority to regulate how broadband providers treat traffic, unquote. So maybe the FCC has to make a move. And then there's, there's uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of rumors that the current FCC chairman is not keen on really making that many new rules. So it's kind of it's kind of unclear now, but potentially that the Internet could become very difficult for small content providers which is a big part of the internet and would include a lot of people who have a lot more listeners than our show. And it would include a lot of people who were just starting small podcasts or websites a few years ago. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people are, you know, don't have access to the kind of corporate servers that only a few would have in this scenario. Right. And they always want to make right. their content prisons, their, their walled gardens. Imagine Verizon trying to make their own kind of AOL where they say, well, if you want to get news, you can get it from our news portal and it comes in a lot faster. Video, do they make a competitor to YouTube or do they charge for faster access to certain sites? You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you To think? your service. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, wariness about, you know, where this is going to go. Well, they want to control it, you know. Yeah, the telecoms. I mean, the big telecoms already, you know, have a lot of the backbone. So, yeah, they want to have unrestricted use of that mm -hmm. resource. No question. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should be wary of, of anybody trying to control the Internet. I absolutely agree with that. What was that for what I And you're listening to the Pacific Pelican US slash 64 podcast with me, Dan McKeown, and with Jessica. Hi. Thanks for joining me, Jessica. Thanks for having me. And we're recording on February 8th, 2014. I just want you to close your eyes right now. Because I'm about to 
Well, here we are, uh, and that song is Shut Up and Dance, the Pleasure Craft Remix by Eric Sneo featuring Chris The Voice. Nice. So, uh, I am looking at uh, the Feedly app for live news. You know, I'm just I'm just uh, uh, out there looking for whatever is coming over the the wires, and it looks like I'm seeing an article that that is uh, aggregated from Hacker News. Uh, Google turns on download Gmail archive feature. So. Uh, I mean, you know, that's one of those things that you you really aren't, uh, <clears throat> you know, people aren't really in the habit of doing. Are they downloading and backing up their Gmail data? Mm-hmm. So I I I wonder, you know, if that's going to become you know, something that Google makes easy to do to just, you know, download all the messages you've had over, over the years. Cause a lot of people have been using Gmail for, for years now. Just so for posterity. Well, so yeah, that, that's a good question, right? What is the real purpose of, of backing up your data? So I was looking into a program called, uh, I Explorer that's for the Mac. You can use that to, uh, basically look at data on your iPhone. So for stuff like your iMessages or your SMS, you know, your, your text messages, um, people have been accumulating those. And in some cases, they actually take up a lot of data on the phone, especially when people uh, have friends or family send them a lot of JPEGs or uh, GIFs or stuff like that, you know. It, it ends up taking up a lot of data on the phone and there's ways to like mass delete it but in terms of backing it up and archiving it that's something that you're going to want to probably you know find a third party app for and so there's different solutions and you know i explore being one example and so this you know hacker news link takes you know it takes you right to a google.com slash settings page and it says, your account, your data, download a copy, customize an archive with your data from Google products. And then, so this is the, I think what they've been calling the Google takeout feature mm-hmm. where, you, you know, you, you know, cause they've been talking about, uh, data, their term data liberation, but, you know, being able to export your data, but this is actually kind of cool, uh, that one of the links on this page is mail. So, you know, I mean, conceivably you can download your, your email. So I'm just peeking at it on a tablet right now, but I might explore that because, you know, I mean, I'd actually thought about looking at third-party solutions for downloading mail. Like you said, what's the purpose? Well, yeah, archiving. Yeah, just just having like a copy of the data. 
there could be relevant information in some of those emails. You know, at some, at some point you may want to be able to run a search on them. from its era, the 1963 novel The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, originally published under a pseudonym, deals a good amount with the world of psychiatry. Well, it starts when the uh, perhaps semi-autobiographical protagonist Esther goes to New York City for some sort of summer job or internship where they stay at a little hotel building uh, where it's a group of female writers and maybe other uh, trades uh, the young women there to uh see the fashion world uh, and work at uh, some sort of publishing type of uh, type of thing like a magazine or something and so she goes to parties and she has a, a bad experience with a kind of like a rapey type of guy that she has to get away from and uh like she throws her clothes off of a ceiling in new york and you know gets herself in a number of different uh uh out of control uh party situations and then gets sick afterwards and that type of thing so when that's done, she goes back to where her mother lives uh, in the Boston area. And at, at this point, you know, it's very different. And uh, she is expecting to get some kind of writing internship. And it falls through. She isn't accepted for it. And at that point, she also... She, she also is uh, hanging out with people and deciding to try to kill herself. She, she swims out and, uh, like, thinks about trying to drown herself. And during this time, um, she is becoming disgruntled with this kind of, like, uh, uh, this suitor that she has, uh, Buddy Willard, who is going to he's studying to be a doctor but he has tuberculosis so he has to sit at a a kind of hospital rest home for a year and 
at one point she goes skiing with him and she decides to try to ski even though she doesn't know how and she breaks a leg then uh eventually uh with the failure of her uh attempt to do a writing internship she attempts suicide and then the rest of the book is mostly her in and out of mental institutions including uh getting out uh getting a pass to get out and uh doing a little bit of sexual experimentation and then coming at the end to the review where she's gonna be told whether she can go to her college or not well that's more or less the pause i remember although there's a lot of notable quotes she she writes uh one point quote after 19 years of running after good marks and prizes and grants of one sort and another i was letting up slowing down dropping clean out of the race unquote a nice a nice quote that i that i found um where she was talking about getting you know whether you know the the options of getting around in new york she's talking about quote walking has never phased me unquote uh, now uh, she talks about some of the, the stuff she was working on and uh, it includes quote some obscure theme in the works of James Joyce unquote uh, and this is a good description of movies uh, then and now I think quote I looked round me at all the rows of wrapped little heads with the same silver glow on them at the front and the same black shadow on them at the back and they looked like nothing more or less than a lot of stupid moon brains. say that the bell jar by plath is a worthwhile read and you know it uh certainly is uh is uh a work uh from its time in a lot of ways but it's it's very modern it has a sort of uh sharp kind of uh highly personalized um kind of cutting style that 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 is extremely modern in its tone and i think a lot of uh modern authors have uh absorbed some of this kind of influence there's some good quotes that uh, uh i still haven't read so i will close with uh, a few of those quote i had never been to chicago but i knew one or two boys who went to chicago university so, and it seemed the sort of place where unconventional, mixed-up people would come from. Unquote. Quote, chattering like parrots in a parrot house. Unquote. I like that one. Uh, and then 
There's the quote, my father had been a Lutheran in Wisconsin, but they were out of style in New England, so he had become a lapsed Lutheran, and then my mother said, a bitter atheist, unquote. Quote, I had always looked down on my mother's college, as it was co-ed and filled with people who couldn't get scholarships to the big eastern colleges. Now I saw that the stupidest person at my mother's college knew more than I did. Quote, what I didn't say was that each time I picked up a German dictionary or a German book, the very sight of those dense black barbed wire letters made my mind shut like a clam. Unquote. Quote, but undressing in front of Buddy suddenly appealed to me about as much as having my posture picture taken at college, where you have to stand naked in front of a camera, knowing all the time that a picture of you, stark naked, both full view and side view, is going into the college gym files to be marked A, B, C, or D, depending on how straight you are, unquote. Quote, I'm writing a novel, I said. I haven't got time to change out of this and change into that. Quote, the trouble was, I hated the idea of serving men in any way. Unquote. Quote, secretly, in studies and attics and schoolrooms all over America, people must be writing. If you want to buy my novel, go to djmcloud.com slash book. Like an animal. I don't understand this.